Okay, here's the channel story from Hathor, of her story. She first came about in the primordial gods as a divine feminine energy. She was the first among the rest of the gods, and she's highly respected for her powerful energy and magic. She always had dual energy with her. They were both abundant in every way. Her main task with herself was to balance these two energies because they were both equally as powerful, separate, and even more so together in one being. She was able to spread her high vibes and light through her love for the arts, dance, poetry, and singing. She has so much love to give. Her cup runneth over. She was often associated with fertility, harvest, and the Nile River because of its nurturing, abundant energy. She was, cl- she was quite pleasing to the eye, and she was very alluring and attractive. She stood for beauty and empowering women. With her beauty, her dark hair, and bronze skin, she was one of the few goddesses of that primordial time that represented divine feminine energy very well. She was created to be good luck charm. Everywhere everywhere, and everything she touched turned to gold or it was blessed in some way. Her energy could stop a man or a god in their tracks. She didn't... Hmm, let me see, what was that saying? Sorry, I was writing this. She didn't use her charm or magic, really. She was just highly sought after for her beauty her grace and her gifts, her love her love brought to the world. She found her divine partner in Horus the Elder. They were equal match for each other. Their love was undeniable. They were truly a match created for each other, like literally. Together, they were worshipped and helped lots of souls cross over in the afterlife with their gifts and position as being gods. Of course, they lived lavishly, and they were connected to Mother Gaia and respected animals and were in tune with other life forms, spirit animals, as well as Pleiades and Lyra. Their civilization was helped built by the help of other life forms in other dimensions with vast structures and technology depicted in the tombs today. Her father is the god Ra, or Amun-Ra, the sun god, and she is known as the sky goddess. So that would kind of make sense because that's her father. <laughs> um, he birthed her alter ego to show humans or mortals not to disrespect the earth or the gods. From his right eye, he created Sekhmet, her alter ego, in Lyran, in Lyran form. So Lyran form is like they have the head of lions on their planet or in their dimension. So she was created in Lyran form with a fierce lioness head known as a bloodthirsty dark goddess. In reality, she was just the protector of Mother Gaia. She was created to destroy anyone that's destroying her. 
The people at the time were out of control, letting a lot of lower vibrational energies dictate everything. Ra the sun god was so upset, he sent down Sekhmet's energy to stop the chaos. And she did that, but she loved it so much. She loved the taste of human blood, the lower vibrational energies. She loved destroying them. She was so powerful that, like, every time she opened her mouth when she was mad, she could shoot out fire. She could start plagues. She can bring down disease and just ruin everything. And she had fun doing it because she just felt like they disrespected Gaia. And that was her job. There's nothing wrong with that. She's living out her her energy. So she loved destroying them so much that the gods had to get her drunk by coloring her liquor red to make her think she was drinking blood. And she fell into a drunken sleep and awakened as Hathor again. The two energies were now split again. And the land was rebuilt and they tried it again. And they had to cleanse the world of the bad energies. So now that everything was said and done, she was worshipped along with the Nile River. Wait, wait, she was she was worshipped along Hathor and Hathor the Nile River was now starting to return to its normal color from being tainted with blood. She sometimes is represented and worshipped along the tomb walls as well, Hathor, as the ox apis or the heavenly cow. She's also in the constellation form known as the seven Hathors. In her Don't Fuck With Me with Mother Gaia, Form, she's Sekhmet, the dark goddess. <laughs> she plays instruments and she dances and she's fun loving and she writes passionate, beautiful poems and she's full of self love and she's full of giving love to others. Her divine counterpart is, well, her consort, I think they called him back in the day, is King Horus, the elder. Together, they both were worshipped. They're the gods. And they... They... Wait. They have taken and are still taking human form. They have taken human form before and they are still taking human form. As well as having soul fragments. Which are people in this planet that carry the energy of them. As well as the actual gods incarnated as them. As some being, as two beings on this planet, as above, so below, they are worshipped in both places. As the soul can be in many places at once. Once you free your minds, you can understand the subconscious a little bit more. They had children as well: Ehi, Horus, the younger, Nephrotep, or Nephrohotep. They remained royal. Horus the Younger and their children were gods as well. Ehi was the god of innocence, healing, and purity. They were all, of course, very abundant beyond, their wildest, beyond our wildest beliefs. 
in such a high vibrational time period with the connection of the stars directly, they can manifest things into like immediate reality. Horace, her husband, will go into on the next episode. They're ruling together in the royal deity family and understanding everybody on a deeper level and, you know, more powerful God. So, yeah, that's the story of Hathor segment a little bit. We'll go into more of her story on details, but that is definitely um Hathor. So I hope everybody liked it and I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know. Um, and yeah, you guys enjoy the rest of your day or night. Bye.